Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. If you've ever been elk hunting, you understand that there's a few pivotal decisions that make or break your season. Today, Josh and I are going to rehash our 2020 season to take what we learned and apply it to this year. All right, Josh, you ready for some uh, radical candor today? Oh, man. <laughs> Good way to put it. Oh, yeah. some, uh, some hard truths and some celebrations, I guess, from last season as we ponder and reflect. Yeah, we thought it'd be a great idea. You know, we're kind of just kicking off the beginning of the, well, hey, the beginning of 2021 was the day after season, right? But as we're really warming up here, we were chatting and we said, hey, what were the, like the big, big pivotal things that we did last year that, that were good and bad? So we thought, hey, it'd be a great thing to do. It's really high level. What were the decisions that one good one and the best one and the worst one we've each made? Mm -hmm. uh, in the last season. I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of guys, no matter how experienced you are uh, to hear it. Cause we'll go into a lot of details of like what that, that decision <laughs> ended up panning out. Yeah. It's pretty intense in these kinds of, I don't know if this would be, yeah, it probably would be considered an extreme sport or activity, but in these types of uh, harsh, rugged environments, like one decision can make or break the whole experience right yeah. like people die from a bad decision yeah. um or people shoot a giant you got, six uh, you got pretty close to dying last year from some bad decisions <laughs> it was pretty scary <laughs> i don't know but if I, it was dying i don't know yeah it was pretty scary <laughs> yeah well hey well that's, that's more tactical maybe we'll do that in another episode but i think what'll be cool for this one is guys will hear you know the little things that you know when i was first getting into elk hunting you're like what like what are the decisions you have to make, right? And what are the things that make you successful or not? And that's what we're talking about. So for you know, for me, I can talk a bit about you know my decision to stick it out with the bull I was on, and then my bad decision about moving, right? And so those are two very different things I did right and wrong. And one I got lucky with, I guess the other I got lucky with too. But uh, we can walk through like how you know how each of those went down yeah and, and you've uh, you've got two good ones too yeah i'll talk about uh <laughs> making the mistake of i think it's just my procrastination getting to me but i was like scouting in the hotel room I, you shouldn't be scouting like three days before you're you're going out but uh i didn't have enough spots like a b c d spots to go and i got a little lucky which you can talk about and then good decision i guess was just putting in the work and learning a lot through the experience but before we dive in Actually, I'm curious, Baxter, how you would define tactics versus strategy. Yeah, I think tactics is you know you have a closed loop. <laughs> you know what the situation is, and it's about what you do with the situation, mm. right? So it's just the, the way you handle it. So is it more um, short-term? It's all short-term. It's um, right here, right now. It's finite set of resources or restraints, right? Mm. It's you know hey, I've got this bow and I've got a bull within 500 yards and I've got a few minutes before he, you know, sun goes down. Like that's tactics. So what do yeah. I do? Mm -hmm. um, there's strategy in that, but I think strategy is the high level stuff that could be tactically done a few different ways. Right. So it's like what do you, what's like your beliefs basically or your, mm -hmm. your uh, faith, right? Where what's the thing I believe I should be doing? Um, I think that holds with business, that holds with elk hunting, that holds with everything, right? Um, 
and both you kind of want as much data and input as you can, but what we're talking about today is more strategy. So it's like, what were the, the high level things that we, the decisions we made, and we can talk a bit about the tactics as they played out because of that. But I think that's like, those are the things that really make or break the hunt. We talk a lot about gear. We talk a lot about training. Those are all very tactical things that can, you had, you have such a great line on this, Josh, make sure I'm not butchering it. Where you're saying, Oh, it's the things, the things you can control you do, but elk hunting is 90% stuff you can't control. Right. 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 And so that, that's what this is. That's what yeah. this discussion's about. Cool. So you want to start with, uh, you want to start with bad or you want to start with good on your, on your end? Uh, let's go bad first. Um, okay. yeah. So I think without a doubt, if guys listen to some of the retrospective stuff, my biggest mistake last season was not moving fast enough. Um, which is funny because moving is what eventually killed my bull, but I think that was me getting lucky. So, you know, last year was, I hunted basically two weeks straight. Um, and then I knew I'd have to come back up on weekends if that, because of the baby and the wife and all that stuff. And so I knew I had kind of a two week period to, to get it done. And the first few days, if guys remember, or they listened to it, I, it was really, really good. You know, I got a lot of close encounters. I could have killed a five point, but we can talk about that later. I hadn't really made up my mind yet. Um, so passed on a lot of those opportunities. And then, you know, mid first week, it got hot and it got smoky. Um, and then a bunch of wolves came into where we were and I just kept pounding. Um, I also had that episode of like, you know, almost passing out. And so I took a day or two off. I think that was a good decision. But after that, I just kept pounding the same area. And I think part of it was the belief, I kind of suckered myself into, excuse me, believing that, uh, you know, yeah, you can't really kill one right now. It's not really the right time. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was still hiking a long way every day, but I was doing it all in the same area because it was like, well, I'm just going to go try and see. Uh, and so I, I think personally, I spent a week, probably three or four days too long, at least in an area that I should have moved. Yeah. And to dig in a little deeper, uh, why do you think you did that? What, what was the thought process? It was a hundred percent because I was really familiar with the area mm-hmm. and I've every year I've hunted there. There's always, I've described this area to guys before, but there's an entrance in and there's four or five little valleys that kind of come off of it. Mm-hmm. And there's always elk in at least two or three of those valleys. And so part of it was like bias in my mind of, Hey, I, like, I know these are here. Part of it was um, to your point, I, you know, I hadn't even scouted too much out. I mean, I scouted four or five other places, but I just didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certainly an element of not wanting to move baby and mom, uh, you know, in the RV and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think, you know, so that's like kind of my strategic decision was not moving fast enough. But I think what tactically should have really given it away was that I was just not seeing the sign. We've talked about sign and how important that is, but elk aren't phantoms. They leave prints they leave scat they leave rubs they leave things that you're going to see and i just was not seeing the number i should have been seeing and i think somehow i talked to myself into the fact that hey they're just in the deeper woods they're further back they're and i do think there were some in there but i just don't think they were huntable right um and so i yeah i, I totally screwed up and that's funny because it's one of the things i always say move 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 if you don't see sign within 24 hours and i'm normally very good at it mm-hmm. um, but normally moving for me is moving you know a few miles uh, and then I'll find more elk, but this would have been the first time I've like transferred an entire drainage. Yeah. Yeah. And so for the, the newbies out there, when Baxter refers to moving, he means going to like another 
a whole nother area, right, Baxter? Yeah. Like uh, your B spot or your C spot. Yeah, just exactly. like the other. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that a lot, and you'll, I mean, you'll talk about it with yours around finding an A spot, a B spot, a C spot, all you know, at least five spots, right? Um, yeah. Actually, maybe I... Yeah. Uh, maybe, oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 because moving... I mean, I think it's important to, to lay out for guys moving one or two miles isn't really moving. I think it's a good, that's something I do during an average day, right? I might go five or six miles in a loop and that's, mm-hmm. that's a loop I'm talking about. Like Josh said, even if it's only two or three miles away, it's moving to an area that the elk aren't really transferring to where you are from that area. They're right. They're separate. Yeah. Like another little mini ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, another little habitat. Um, actually maybe I touch on my bad decision cause it, yeah. I feel like it's good. Uh, uh, it's similar and it's uh, yours was not moving fast enough to another location. Mine was not even having enough locations in the first place, Yeah, uh, which is really bad. And um, I even gave you one or two. Remember that you did. You did. Oh, uh, dirty dog. Dirty <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think if I were to dig deeper, just my personality and like, Man, it all starts from the second grade. I was given this project. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> In this no. project, I was given at school and I was supposed to, it was like, they gave us like a month to do this thing. And I literally waited till the night before and I did it and I turned it in and I got an A. And then oh. I think that taught me like, oh, you know what? I could get away with this. And you know what? A lot of times you can't get away with it. Most of the time you can't. And so I think I attributed like that to like my skill instead of luck. It was probably just luck or something. Mm-hmm. So I developed like, I don't know, this, this bad habit of procrastinating <laughs> basically on stuff. Um, yeah. So but I think that's pretty, I mean, I think it's also pretty normal your first year for, for a lot of guys and hopefully we're saving guys that have, you're saving guys for making this mistake because they get to hear it again, even though they're probably still going to do it. You almost always do two things, not enough, which is you're not fit enough <laughs> and you're not prepared enough. Yeah. Right? Like that's, that's really at full stop. You don't spend enough time e-scouting. It's hard to e-scout if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I know we've done episodes on that, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to excuse what you did, but I think it also like it's, it's, it happens, right? It's understandable. Yeah, I I think I had an A spot and I think I had a B spot, which you helped a lot with. But I, yeah, I didn't have anything beyond that. Um, yeah, and walk guys through what happened when you went to your A spot, like at a high level. I think oh, you saw see. one or two, but you didn't really find yeah. much. Yeah, so I I got there. Um, let's see, the f- a few days before season, I saw like a small herd of cows and a bunch of calves. That, so that was really exciting. Then I saw a few bulls in there and then mm-hmm. it was just nothing. Nothing after that. Yeah. And I saw, I, I ran into a, a hunter in there as well, which is yeah. not a good sign. <laughs> not a great then, sign. No. Yeah. And my B spot, I had a really good encounter and then just nothing. And I might've stuck it out a little too long there too after that. But yeah, well, that's a really good point too is like hopefully guys are picking up on a trend for both of us is like you can be in an area and it can be white hot or it can be great one day and then it can be stone cold you know two days Mm -hmm. day after that and uh the only thing that's worse than uh than it being stone cold is if you keep hunting it (laughs) and you keep wasting your time there right Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really hard because you have this they call like a sunk cost bias where you like 
you put all your chips in that basket and you, you feel bad abandoning them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but you've got to, it's like the stock market. You have to move on, <laughs> just take your losses. Right. Or you're just going to lose more and more and more and more. Um, so, but right. for you, I think it, it happened in two different ways. This is kind of a cool symmetry. They don't even plan, but for you, it was like, well, I don't have more spots to go to. Right. <laughs> this is bad because now what, now I got to go down, and, uh, I mean, you did have a month yet a while, right? Like that's probably never going to happen again. Well, mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for most guys, you'd be hosed if that was the situation. Cause you don't have time to go scout it out. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, it was just hanging on too long and I, I ended up getting lucky and I did move. I think that was what, you know, it was funny because we're saying this is the negative, but we did see those elk way across the way and i and i was just like there's just not the elk that were there and we did make the decision to move and that's what killed that elk so um, it's funny because in a way we did do the right thing eventually but i think i could have done the right thing much earlier right that's so interesting that uh sunk cost bias is it basically like you've put in work already to uh like based on one assumption that you've made and then it just makes that assumption too strong that you're not willing to abandon it and like do something else. Yeah. I've read some really cool books on this, um, thinking fast and slow, some other ones, it's human nature. And I think it really stems from not liking change, Hmm. especially when you're new to elk hunting or, uh, or you've been hunting an area for a really long time. I think those are the two scenarios that are especially dangerous Reason being is if you're new, you're like, I don't know what to expect. And you have a little success somewhere. You see a bunch of elk, you find sign, you have a good spot you can glass from. And you're really, really hesitant to leave because you don't have the confidence or the belief that you'll find it somewhere else, right? Right, yeah, because like, it's all you know. If, yeah, and even if you're not great here, like, well, I got to, you know, like it'll be worse if I go somewhere else, right? That belief. Yeah. There's like uncertainty around the, like the unknown areas. And then for me, like that's the area I knew I was like, okay, I know there's a wall there. So maybe I'll just wake up tomorrow. I'll go check that wall again. Yeah. See what, see what's up. Cause maybe tomorrow, know. maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I'll walk through, yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, that's uh that's a bad attitude. Right? <laughs> it's a reactive atti- attitude versus a proactive one. But then on the other mm-hmm. side of the fence, the other exact same thing, just a different flavor of it is a guy like me who's been hunting an area now for, Oh, four or five years in this one area. And I'm like, this is dynamite. I know it like the back of my hand. That's a huge advantage. And I let that hold me back from moving. Right. Whoa. Um, because I'm like, well, the, you know, which I do agree with. And I've, I've harped on this with a lot of guys, like, even if, you know, don't skip spots every two days and every year, like do get to know an area because that will make you far more successful than chasing some unit that has 5% more success rates. Right. Don't get me started on that diatribe. (laughs) That's the worst thing you could ever do is chase success rates in a unit. But anyway, um, but yeah, so I think it's pretty easy. Just no matter your level of experience, it's pretty easy to get suckered into that um, Mm -hmm. mistake and just keep doing the same thing day after day. Right. And we, we learned, I mean, we got a really cool reinforcement this year because we switched it up when we saw those other elk. It was fortunate we saw them because I don't know if we would have done it, but we went over there and it was like lights out. Um, and we had more, you know, good encounters, I'd say there. And that day, that morning I killed mine, then we had the entire four days before. So, man, that's a good segue, Max. It sounds like you've been podcasting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so to the good, um, let's talk about, uh, that good decision that we ended up or you ended up making and yeah. 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 So the, you know, the opposite of not moving was we did move and that was good. That's a good, good decision there. But I think the separate one that I would say, 
was a really good decision. Um, this has always, always panned out for me in every scenario, even if I didn't get the animal, is to just always, if you find elk, stick with elk. Mm-hmm. Dog the elk. Like, do not leave them. Do not give up. Do not take, you know, pass go, take $200. Like, don't <laughs> leave them. And uh, that's always panned out for me. Like I said, even if you don't kill them, you at least learn where they are, where they're going you know, lessons for next time, you get far more encounters that way. Um, and so I think when we got to that area and we saw, we saw, we jumped the bull right off the bat. We didn't find the ones we were looking for, but we were like, there's elk here. There's, um, you know, we saw those two, what we got within 70, 50 yards of the, those ones that I was like screaming at and running towards. Remember that? Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Got it on video. So we, so we got there and it wasn't, there weren't the elk we wanted were around, but we're like, we're going to stay here one more night. That was the night that started bugling like nuts. And then, I mean, if guys then go listen to the whole encounter in the past episode, but basically it was just a brutal, brutal game of like another, another 500 feet elevation, another mile in that entire morning. And it was just like every step I wanted to turn around and give up and say, I'm done. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, well, you got it. Like got to stick with this one. Cause you might never have another opportunity. And even when it looked like, the opportunities had all been blown and everything was screwed up and that they were betting down for the day. I, I think I, I, I probably defaulted into a decision I might not have normally made. Cause I was just like, well, it's the last it's near the last day. And I would love to go home and spend time with the baby. Um, so I'm just going to go give it a shot anyway, even though it's another brutal 500 feet and another mile mm-hmm. and uh, that panned out. That's what did it. And that's, I mean, bow hunting or rifle hunting every time I've made that decision, it's, it's always paid off. Yeah, it's interesting that the the tactic of like, all right, I'm gonna go up 500 more feet and keep chasing this thing follows like the same theme of the strategy, which is like if mm-hmm. like staying in areas where there are elk, yeah, uh, and leaving areas where there aren't elk, yeah. Um, so it's interesting how the tactic. Oh, uh, you just set up the softball, Josh. Did I? <laughs> maybe maybe I go maybe I go on my rant, and this is why I hate it when people chase percentages because the only thing that matters in elk hunting is like it's just a game of numbers, right? And the only thing that matters is, are you close to elk the maximum amount of percentage of time? Right. And so guys, I I know so many guys are like, well, I'm going to go to Idaho over Colorado because it's 5% higher success rate. And they're like, I'm going to drive an extra day on both ends. And I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Because if you think about 5% multiply that by one day, that's like two hours, right? So are you following my math there? Basically you would had an extra two days of hunting that Idaho would have had to have had 20 or 30% higher success rate to give you the same odds. Right. They're giving up days of hunting. Days of hunting. I see the math just doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. So it's always about, are you close to the elk? Because it's like, if you just have, uh, and I'd say there's one secret to success and I'm only five years in, but like a four out of five years in your first five is decently good, right? Um, I'd say it's just spending as much, it's one line, spending as much time as you can around elk. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Um, and that's, as you can see, I've screwed up so many times because the only, right, wisdom, what was it? Wisdom comes from bad decisions or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah it was good. like, 
wisdom comes from experience and experience comes from, from bad decisions something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or good decisions comes from experience and experience comes from bad decisions yeah yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's literally it so guys can listen to me screwing up left and right on this and i got i get lucky right i'm i'm not gonna say it's like me being some great whatever but uh i think that's really if one thing i could pound in and hopefully that's the biggest takeaway from today is like just get near them because uh, yeah, you might screw up three opportunities by moving with them, but you had three opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we were, we talked about this last year, but if you look at the average, the average Elk Hunter gets, closes an opportunity about one out of 10 times, mm-hmm. right? And that's about why the, the success rate is about one out of 10 because most guys only get one opportunity a week. Hmm. If you, if you boil it down, all the guys I've talked to, all the videos I've watched, everything, like they only get an, an opportunity is like you are within shooting range of a, you get within shooting range of an animal, right? Yeah. And uh, so the more opportunities you can get, and I think that was really it for me is like I screwed up by not moving. And then I learned my lesson hard when we did move. And then we did do a good thing by just following that. Because remember, I mean, you were like taking a nap back up in there. You were like, this is crazy it was so far back in there you were like mm-hmm. i'm done you know yeah i was like yeah I, I was getting quiet and back she was like yeah josh you, do you need to take a nap right now i, was like, I think so man. i was like oh, thank god you asked that was a brutal day I mean, that was a brutal day that was uh, tough but that was, nap was healing yeah and i yeah. think also going into that with your mindset set to that uh because it's so hard in the decisions in the moment to take make those decisions but if you're like no 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 i do not leave elk no matter what um at least you're not gonna question that yeah it reminds me of a story that our our friend d told us over dinner when your parents yeah. came by uh at your place do you know which one i'm referring to i don't remember the, off the top of my head so I'll, I'll try to piece together the story if i if i miss anything just help me fill in the gaps and this will actually be a good segue to my good decision um so he talked about some guy he met who was like a extremely good recurve bow hunter mm-hmm. who shot like a record book or maybe the record of like the big five or something like that do, mm-hmm. do you remember which was that I think I'm remembering this now. Yeah. Yeah. And he shot like giant animals of all these different species. He was just like renowned to be like the greatest hunter with a recurve and these record breaking animals. Anyway, to sum it up, he got to talk to that guy and our friend D let's call him, uh, asked him like, like, what's the secret? Like, how do you do it? And the guy said, you have to live with them. Mm -hmm. And that was such a great way to sum it up is like he was spending 24 seven exactly where they are all the time. It just yep. figured a way how to live with those animals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've, and we've both learned over time, like that's all our gear, all our tactics, all our, everything is optimized for like, are you spending as much possible time right with the elk as you can? So yeah. it's a good, it's a good one, but it's also a good segue into yours because I think that's, that's something it's easy to say, but that's, that's really freaking tough to do and you you entered in and hey you didn't have your spots maybe dialed didn't have your fitness maybe dialed (laughs) like you had some big things that weren't going right but i mean you did just pound it out i mean you put more days and more effort into learning that than i think anyone i've ever seen so that was definitely your your win dang wow thank you i i yeah i i guess 
I think <laughs> I'm young. I have that. I have that on my side. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I don't have to sleep as much. You know, I got a little more tolerance for uh, not showering for multiple days. You mean a month? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I, I do feel, I guess that is one thing I am proud of is like putting in the time and like being out there and like, even like, I guess leading up to the season, I, I had never really gone solo backpacking and even hiking in the dark. I think were things I slowly like push myself to to get over that and like push myself out of that comfort zone. Um, so yeah, if there, I guess if there is one thing, one good strategic decision is just just <laughs> waking up and getting after it every day. Uh, yeah, little cheesy little cliche, but. But I, I would almost reframe that a little bit. Um, I think, yeah, because that's, you know, that it's just like a mantra and that's definitely a strategy I recommend just like get up and get after it. But you also, you took the strat, like you clearly prioritized learning over killing an elk. Mm. No, that's not, that's not, that makes it sound bad. But like you clearly were like, I'm here to learn. Right. And I'm going to put in all the effort I need to learn because you could have easily tapped out multiple times. You could have easily just optimized to go sit the same water hole. Right. And maybe you've killed a cow that came in, but you ended up spending one heck of a lot of time with a bunch of different guys. You went with me, even though it was like, Hey, I need two kills. Like I need to be the shooter because, um, because I'm leaving in a few days. It's my, this is it. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you were, you were like, no, I I think I'll learn more this way. And I think you did, um, Mm -hmm. definitely Definitely. see that whole scenario unfold. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you, I mean, as we talked about in the other ones, you, what you, you spent time with three or four other guys have been hunting over 15, 20 years. So you got to really learn it. Um, well, and I'm not saying everyone's going to have those opportunities, but I think that mentality of, um, when things are, your chips are down and stuff is tough. You just flip to, I'm going to learn mode. I think that's, Mm. that makes a lot of guys really successful. That's interesting. And before we started recording, you were talking about like how you're pretty confident in my long-term yeah success i i guess it's maybe it's not about working super hard but it's more about like being process oriented than results oriented Mm -hmm. uh and like banking in that experience rather than like yeah like you know like you said if you if i had shot shot something my third day in and then just went home like (laughs) i wouldn't i would be i would not know i would only know a fraction of what i know Yeah. yeah And I, that, that was to rehash it for guys. That was my direct quote to Josh was, you know, you're, uh, yes, I think a lot of guys define success as killing an elk in a year, um, which is funny. Like it's, yeah, it's what we're all trying to do. But if you're really only there to kill elk, you're, you're never going to be a long-term elk hunter because you're going you're gonna to meet the odds at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was saying, I think you are so far, I think Josh is so far beyond um, the average guy in terms of learning that I think your, your long-term success rate, I think this was the most successful season I've seen because his, his long-term success rate is certainly going to be really high because of what he's learned. Oh um, man, the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Right. Well, that's, I was, as I was saying that, I'm like, Oh, that's not, but I, I think that's what, um, I think that strategy is a really good one for a lot of guys in their first few years even guys later on that have kind of stagnated a bit. Like I've, I've noticed ebbs and flows and all cutting like one year I'm really on one year. I'm kind of just doing the motions, mm-hmm. but I think if you invest, you know, there, there are decisions like that. There's times where you're like, I could do this 
sort of hunt and I'd have decent odds, like I said, sitting a water hole or going to the same area 20 times in a row because they're there, but like it's just random chance if I get one or not. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, hey, try a new area, try a new technique, you know, go screw up a few bugles at one to see if it pisses them off, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of times where you have to change that strategy. Um, and if you, I would say just what you did well, like to, to really sum it up is you chose to learn a lot of the time, uh, which is a big deal. And I think if we go back to one of our early, early episodes, and actually even a lot of times off air, uh, you would mentor me and say like, look, Josh, like I know we're putting, I'm, you know, mentoring you. I'm putting in a lot of time. We're talking a lot about this. I'm coaching you, investing in you, but I don't want you to define success as killing an elk. Success equals learning. And you just drilled that into me, like success equals learning. Like there's no pressure. You know, don't put that pressure on yourself. Just go and learn a lot. So I guess like the big two like themes or like strategic things from last year and our conversation today is uh, success equals learning, like invest in the long term, and then live with those elk or live like be their roommate. <laughs> you know, you'll yeah. you'll figure it out if you're their roommate. Long I'd always make decisions, but no, and it's it's so spot on. You're saying with the the bit, and I think that's uh, it's been a big year for a lot of people, and you get to examine a lot of things. But I think in hunting, you get external success factors and internal, right? external, intrinsic, extrinsic things that matter to other people. And I think if you're talking to other hunters, you're talking to your family, you're talking to people that don't know if they, when you tell them you went elk hunting, they're like, Oh, did you get something? Right. Yeah. Like that's going to be what you're going to face, but that's, that's a pretty cheap success metric. And if you're always doing things for other people, mm-hmm. you're, um, that's always been my biggest concern with telling people, you know, four out of five or whatever. Um, cause I never want to just shoot an elk as I demonstrated this year, right? Like <laughs> scarily never want to shoot an elk just cause I want to hit a number. Um, but then like the thing that really matters is like your own definition of success. And if you have that as I learned a ton and I, um, I know that's, oh man, you're going to have so much more fun. You're going to really in, enjoy it. I think we always tell people one of the best years I ever had was the year I didn't get an elk <laughs> mm-hmm. because we had, I had so many stinking good encounters and so many, amazing situations that were so close. And, um, I was like, so confident in my abilities at that point that I was like, this is, I know it's a hundred percent. I just didn't get the, the luck didn't go my way, you know, but right. I had 10 or 15 situations. Uh, and so, to, so if you have that confidence, it's changes the whole game. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's a really interesting theme because like the result, I mean, it, it's great. Like you have a ton of meat in the freezer. You get to enjoy it. You know, the external, you get to tell your friends and they see you as successful and the odds and all that stuff. Like that's great. But then like, it is the X that, that result is nothing. If you didn't, if you, if you like, let's say you went out first day, giant five point walk straight next to your car and you just shoot it right there. Yeah. Like externally, everyone might view you as successful. You might feel really cool about it when you talk to them it's hanging on your wall all that but internally you know maybe you didn't deserve it you know it's not that rewarding and then there's the yeah. opposite like what you said you put in all that work and like you learned a ton and you're really proud of yourself at the end of the day and you actually did your best but you didn't get the result intrinsically that's probably way more rewarding than if you just shot that huge 
bull next to your car. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my other point is that next season's not that far away. <laughs> you can't elk hunting, like all things, like you're going to regress to the mean at some point. Um, also, by the way, I like that you said giant five point, not six. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I was talking to Josh before this, like, yeah, I've had an above the average hit rate and all that's great. But I'm like, dude, it's at some point, it's got to regress to the mean, you know, like elk hunting 10% success rate. You can't beat those odds forever. Um, and so same with that situation. Yeah. You might get lucky one year, but if you're lucky, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. If you didn't really understand what you did or how you did or why you did it, then you are just as hopeless going into next season, which is a bad place to be. Right. Cause you're going to be below average and average is 10%. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we think we've harped on that one long enough, but I, I do think that was something you, you nailed this. You really focused on that. Cause like, if you think, if you think about you going into last season, what was in your new hunter, what were the things you were thinking about day one? Oh my gosh. I think I was just, it was just <laughs> yeah, overwhelming. Like, what? Yeah. Like, did I, did I pack everything? Like, yeah. where do I even go? Or like, what's the, like you didn't, you're just like totally at a wash, right? Yeah. Is my phone going to die? Am I going to get lost? You know, where am I yeah. going to find water? Am I sure that Creek is going to be there? Like, yeah, I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> you don't know anything in this year, yeah. this year, when you go back, what's that going to look like? You're not going to think about, and I'm not just saying you learn those things because anyone's going to hopefully learn those if you go. Mm-hmm but your, your whole world, you're no longer like, I'm going to go up into this area and just like hope to see elk. Mm-hmm. Like you're, I guarantee we were talking about it before. You were already like, well, I want to go to this area and try this strategy to get that elk, mm-hmm. you know, like go to that wallow, sit there. If I don't see one, I'll go glass here. You know I mean? Your, your approach is fundamentally different. Yeah. Run the loop, just like a detective looking for sign, no sign yeah. I'm out. And now no. I basically spent last season doing my boots on the ground scouting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now I got a bunch of spots to go to this year. Oh, took me a year to learn, but <laughs> we yeah. could, uh, we could use it like a cheat sheet of like stupid Baxter sayings, not stupid Baxter saying cliche Baxter sayings like scout during season. Right. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so that's, that's all good. But I think those are, I mean, they're really good things for us to look back on. Say, okay, next year, not so much. Um, and hopefully we can listen to this after the season and go, Okay, we didn't, you know, we screwed up these different ways, but we didn't, we didn't do this. It's yeah. not a, maybe we leave it at this. It's not a mistake the first time you do it. It's a mistake when you repeat it. Right. 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 And so, actually, even when you uh, first became a manager at our last company, I think you went, uh, you said like mistakes are okay, but only once. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that is good. And I'm I like, could oh. care, you could care less if someone makes, unless it's like gross negligence or someone was like, <laughs> being an idiot but like yeah. if you were if you were well-intentioned and you were trying and you made a mistake like that should be celebrated um but if you do the same thing over that you should be beaten with a stick so and <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, one quick little plug I'll, I'll mention is um we are starting off a new segment eventually i'm gonna we're gonna compile a lot of listener questions and i will pick out the right ones for the episode in right order, maybe some fun ones some light ones, maybe some deep ones, but I'm going to just surprise Baxter with them at the end of the show or end of the episode. So and if you're listening to this right now, uh, easiest ways you can email Baxter hunting at gmail.com. Yep. Okay. Yeah, or, just one, or just go to baxterbowman.com and hit the contact thing. It's got a little form there. Gets you to the same place. 
Yep. So yeah, baxterhunting at gmail.com or baxterbowman.com. Go to the contact form and we will answer your questions. We want to support more new hunters. Yeah. And that's also worth saying too, if you're new and you're listening to this for the first time, there is, you know, Josh and I uh, did a 23 part uh, series last year on basically an elk hunting course and it's all up there. So uh, lots of good resources that are free to go get if you want them. Yes, sir. And we will catch you on the next one.